direct from Orlando Sparks Campus. Everywhere. It's blindbargains.com virtual exhibit hall coverage. Brought to you by AFB Access World. For the latest news and accessibility information on mainstream and access technology, Apple, Google, Microsoft, and Amazon offerings, access technology book reviews and mobile apps, and how they can enhance entertainment, education, and employment, log on to Access World, the American Foundation for the Blind's free monthly online technology magazine, www.afb.org aw. Now, here's J.J. Meadow. Blind Bargains cast, we're kind of doing, uh, it's conference coverage, but it's all virtual. And, you know, but we're still finding new products all around the country and beyond, including some new Braille-related and tactile products. Daniel Lubiner is the CEO and founder of Touchpad Pro Assistive Technology. Brian Edwards is the COO, also the same company. And they're here to tell us about some new uh, products on the horizon, guys. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Appreciate it being here. Thank you so much. And just so you know, that was Brian you heard first, followed uh, by uh, Daniel. So uh, we have a, a couple really cool products, but one that's a lot more low tech called the Braille Doodle. Uh, before we even get to that, uh, Daniel, tell me a little bit about your background. Uh, you were a teacher and it's kind of got you inspired to get into this industry. Sure. So I'm Daniel Lubiner. I've been a teacher, a special ed teacher for almost 25 years. And about five years ago, I started teaching the blind and low vision in the Bronx. Now, at first, I was like a little nervous when they told me I was going to have to do this job. I, I was really thrown in. I didn't know what I was going to do. You know, oh, you got to do art. But very quickly, the students get my mind at ease. They uh, And they were quickly inspiring me just because of the way they experience life, the way they are just always smiling, optimistic, you know, it, it was just, it's a beautiful experience and learning about art and learning about experiencing art the way the blind and low vision do inspired me to start creating these products and start, you know, just scribbling out things. And then it, that led to preparing patents and and then COVID hit and, uh, you know, that really inspired the Braille Doodle. So it was really tough because all my students went home. They didn't have anything. They didn't have like stuff at home. A lot of them, you know, many of them are from Queens, Brooklyn, right. Bronx, and they don't have money to go on Amazon and buy a bunch of art supplies. So we're really kind of stuck. And then I asked the Braille teacher, because I was wondering, like, how are they teaching Braille? And she was like, it's really difficult. In fact, they stopped Braille instruction for some of the students. Anybody knew a little Braille, they just cut it off because they had to teach the kids who didn't have any Braille. You know, so they spent more time with them. Right, which uh, um, which which brings us to the doodle. Actually, we'll talk about that in, in just a second. Uh, before we do that, uh, Brian, how did you uh, get involved? Well, I mean, this is funny because uh, in terms of an origin story with Daniel and myself, you kind of have to go back to high school because we actually attended high school together. And, you know, I've kind of shared this story before, but to be very quick about it is that, you know, after you graduate, you tend to sometimes lose contact with people and everybody goes to college and they start, you know, getting married and having kids, et cetera. But when you have the advent of social media and Facebook, you know, we circle back, we, we stay in touch with each other. 
And then just this last summer, Daniel advised me about what he was looking to do as far as endeavors for the last five years of trying to get some products into the marketplace for the blind and low vision community. And not to steal too much of the thunder that I think that Daniel will talk about in this, but with my background in business and in sales in particular over the last 20 plus years, I've actually sold hardware, software products, and in the last 12 years, more specifically, software. But we're talking about products that are manufactured. So how do we actually get more experience and a brain trust in place to get these products to fruition and get this company off the ground? And that's where Daniel and I came across you know, a lot of subject matter experts in the blind and low vision community that he knew and people I knew from the business community, creating an advisory board that we have currently, and then moving the whole process forward and getting the startup fund. That's awesome. And there's a lot of uh, products on the horizon that you guys have been talking about that uh, could be developed in the future, but it all starts, Daniel, with the Braille Doodle. What exactly is that? Okay, so to describe the Braille Doodle, it's like a toy. It was based on a toy that's available on Amazon that has like all these marbles that pop up when you have like a magnetic stylus, you know? So if you picture like a plastic rectangle about the size of a laptop, you know, we want to make ours like really high quality and of course have the Braille component. So picture about the size of a laptop and then the top is covered with hundreds and hundreds of holes. And inside each of the holes is some metallic or magnetic element that will be pulled up one at a time as you're going over it with a magnetic stylus. So you have like a magnetic pen that goes over it and it pulls it up so you could feel things as you draw. So if you draw a circle, you could feel the circle as you go along. And the tricky part is to be able to have it so you could touch it without the things falling down. Right. You know, so it has to just have the just the amount of pressure so you'd be able to touch it. But then if you want to erase it, you just be able to push it down a little harder and it'll go down. And then the innovation came that we we said we're going to have a braille sleeve. So the braille sleeve will just slide over right over the braille doodle and then the surface will be covered with dozens of rectangular square rectangular squares that's good right okay. yes <laughs> covered with dozens <laughs> of rectangles two by six just for the basic uh braille of two by six and um two by three you I mean, mean for, one, three, for one for one right for one braille yeah, cell yeah. yeah cool two by three yeah well, two so cells, each one would be a six. braille cell yeah yeah so that way you could, you know, you could teach Braille over Zoom, you know, you could, you know, have the student point the camera at the Braille doodle and you could say, okay, move up to, you know, the upper left-hand corner. Can you feel that rectangle upper left-hand corner? So we'll start there. Can you feel the holes? Okay, there's six holes. We're going to give each one a number. One, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, pick up that number one. Okay, can you feel that number one? All right, that's an A, A. So, you know, so you'd be able yeah, woohoo. <laughs> so you'd be able to do that. And also, you know, we're also thinking about what other types of sleeves we can make, like sleeves with a guide that already allows you just to do the alphabet. 
or to feel the alphabet and then copy the alphabet as you're going along. One other thing that I wanted to add, just to kind of a little bit of description, because it is kind of hard to do and actually visualize. So one place, if you are sighted, you can go to our website. Uh, we also have a video description for a simulation of the actual product. But it, the closest example we could usually give is an Etch-a-Sketch. And it was one of our favorite toys and one of the most beloved toys of our generation. We'd be aging ourselves a little bit. But in terms of the simplification, because it is a little bit more complex than just a toy, it's just an easier way to describe the repeatability and the user aspect of going over and over again of using these tactile pins. There is a very heavy handed engineering piece that's in place that kind of complicates the manufacturer. But once again, with the partnerships that we do have with a Boston Engineering as the company who's heading up the R&D for this project with us, is that there is a lot of work that has to go into place to make sure that those magnetic pins, as Daniel mentioned before, can stay in place. And we can repeat that action over and over again. You can't get oil on your nose. If you happen to drop the item, will the pin stay in place? If you get food, if you spill something on it. These are the small little aspects of engineering that are very important to us in terms of being able to make sure that our users can use this over and over and time and time again. Yeah, especially when you're working with a product that's going to be used a lot by kids. It needs to withstand the rigor that kids are going to put through. Yeah, it's exactly. tough. Exactly. Yeah, you want, it to, you want it to last for a bit. So right. you can use this, just to unpack this a little bit, you can use the doodle. I know you're still finalizing the design, but you can use it with the Braille sleeve on or off, correct? That is correct. Correct. Okay. So with the Braille sleeve off, it becomes a, a drawing tool, a tactile drawing tool. Yeah. And to continue along that line, too, we've discussed this a little bit, about, but I think it's kind of important uh, to talk about why you feel it's important to use a stylus to draw as opposed to just using your finger? You know, that's an excellent question. And because I've actually, in the last five years of researching what's out there, it seems like there's a lot of things coming out and they're trying to make a tactile display where you can use your finger to draw with. But when I see my students, when I talk with my students about the way they create art, they get down into the art, you know, especially those with low vision. They don't want a magnifying glass. They want to use both hands. They want to get their noses dirty, you know, if yes. they're so close to the work that they're doing. But the point is, is whenever I talk with people, they want to use two hands, not just one. So they use one hand to draw something and use the other hand to feel what they're drawing. You know, so that's why having a stylus, I think, is so important. And one of the key points that I would add with the stylus portion is that we know that there are other Braille toys and tools in the market, but some of those actually are just single pegs that come apart. And then if you're blind to low vision, if you drop it or you could easily misplace it, the stylus that we're talking about with the Braille doodle is attached by a cord. So it's not something that even if you actually drop it out of your hand, it's attached to the unit. You just grab the cord and be able to start working and styling again. Okay. So it's an entirely manual unit, right? As far as because it's all just magnets and a technology. And is there some sort of lever or something that would cause all of the magnets to release? Yes, there is the release mechanism that allows you to pretty much start all over again, you know, in terms of whatever you're working on or trying 
or whatever the Braille solution. Yeah, well, we're still working on that as well. Right. You know, we want to be able to erase one dot at a time too. So if you like practicing a Braille cell and you have uh, brought up three dots, you want to be able to push down one of them that you didn't intend to pull up. Makes sense. And just like on the video that is voice described, so anybody could click on the video, there's a boy who's drawing a car and he draws out the car, he's feeling it as he's drawing it out, and then he uses his finger to push down some of the tactile elements so he could just separate like two windows. It's really cool. So the pins are such that they will stay up when you move your finger around to feel the graphic braille, whatever you drew. But if you push enough force on them, then they would theoretically go down. Right. Exactly. That is correct. Okay. Which leads us, I guess, to uh, you know, kind of figuring out getting this product to market. Uh, Brian, you helped uh, launch uh, an Indiegogo trying to raise money and didn't raise all the money, but came pretty close uh, to the goal. So where does that leave you or what's the, the, the timeline for getting this to market? Well, one of the things that we wanted to do with the Go, Indiegogo is even though we didn't hit the target market, it was also the time of the launch. I mean, this we, we did this right before Christmas. Yep. So we had so much excitement and so much input. And for the people who did give, it did allow us to be able to take some of the ancillary costs regarding legal, et cetera, to be able to start the project moving forward and also the company. So I'm actually very excited from the response that we did receive from people there is a true desire to have this as soon as possible. And all things being equal, depending upon what we can do for timelines with R&D, this could be available within six to eight months. Very cool. Have you guys decided on the final design as far as how many, what, what would the pin array would be? How many rows? How many columns? Is that something you're still figuring out? That we'll have to figure out. You know, we want to make it as tight as possible. Right. Because we don't want the Braille cells to be too jumbo. To get all that stuff in there, there might have to be springs like in between each hole. So we'll have to see. Yeah, that, that's TBD uh, as far as the engineering piece. And those are the things that we're working with Boston Engineering on. Like I said, it's it seems very, very easy to create and really not that complex of a device. But for what we're trying to do with the scope and the way that we've described it right now, there is a lot of engineering that goes, behind, goes on behind the scenes to get that produced. Yeah, absolutely. The product design for even something simple like this is low tech. It still takes many months or years just to, to perfect it. Absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, but we're hoping because we lined it up, it's all lined up. We're, we're out there looking for investors and, you know, we're, we're doing different routes, possibly foundations and other things, you know, so we're looking through different avenues. But even for an investor around 800,000, we could get this out in only six months. And we're pretty sure we could hit that mark. And that would be great because I'm kind of enthusiastic about getting this out quickly. Because again, I don't know if we're going to have in-class school next year. I don't know if uh, people around the country, kids around the country are going to be able to go to school. Yeah. And I think the COVID thing also pointed out something that happens in rural areas all over the country, all over the world, really, is there's not enough instructors in certain areas. There's like not enough TVIs, not enough people who teach Braille. So something like this would allow people to learn Braille 
right over Zoom. Absolutely. And I obviously love the, uh, the, the lower cost nature. Have you come up to a final cost yet? Are you still working on that? We're still working on that, but we really want to come well under $100. And that'll be part of the challenge of Boston Engineering is to keep that cost down. So we want to keep it down. You know, we're trying in around $75. It's been fluctuating. I mean, some of the places I've talked to said, oh, you could do like 120, you could do 150 for something like this, just because of the stuff that's out there. But I really want to keep it down low because one of the things that I pictured for this is so it's something that could be kind of mass produced over in China if necessary. And that way we could have it at the low price. That way instead of buying it for a couple kids, we could buy it for all the kids. Sure. So all of them could have them. Sure. You know? And one thing I wanted to point out also is that, you know, as far as the idea and the challenges that COVID brings to children right now with remote learning who are blind and low vision, this product was needed even without the pandemic being in play right now. Uh, the other tools uh, that children are using in blind and low vision at BIF at their disposal aren't really comparable to this really basic tool that they could use for remote learning as well as in-class teaching. Uh, Daniel could speak to that more than I could, but even when they go back to the classroom, this is something that every classroom would be able to use and need as soon as possible. Absolutely. No, yeah, I can definitely see the application for this. Um, you know, when I was a kid, we had the the very low tech version. You'd have a piece of paper and a screen board. And, you know, that's pretty mm -hmm. much what you had. You'd clip down the page and you could draw and you could feel what you drew. But of course, if you wanted to change anything, you need a new piece of paper and you start all over. And it, and it doesn't help with the braille learning right. aspect, which isn't a whole additional thing that you have going on here. Did you, uh, how, how did you learn braille? I'm just wondering. Yeah, I mean, I learned when I was young, had a regular Perkins brailler, but obviously, you know, those are a lot more expensive than this. And the Perkins is, I don't want to discount it. It's obviously an amazing piece of technology and eventually people need to learn how to use them. But, you know, this is a perfect gateway to that, I think. And kind of just learning how to form braille. And then just so many other things like shapes, print letters. There's a lot of other things that you, if you don't feel it tactilely, you maybe never understand what something feels like or looks like. Right. And that level of description that you just gave is literally the type of feedback that we receive from TVIs and other blind and low vision people who do know and learn Braille earlier on like yourself. If you had the ability to have more of a hands-on feel for these shapes and the, actually the appreciation of art beyond just the Braille literacy piece, that's very, very important. Yeah, anything that can help uh, further Braille literacy is a huge thing. So let's actually spend a couple minutes uh, before we go talking about perhaps the future direction of the company, including a thing you're calling the Touchpad Pro. Uh, tell me a little bit about uh, what you're envisioning for that. Okay, the Touchpad Pro was actually, you know, a dream of mine for many years now. That This is where it all came from. The Braille Doodle was like a scaled-down, mechanical, um, less expensive version, much less. <laughs> but when we talk about the Touchpad Pro, we're talking about like the iPad for the blind, you know, it will have 2,400 pins um, that will raise and lower to different heights to form contours of images, not just outlines of images, which some people are, are 
going after uh, in the tactile displays, but we want actual contours. In other words, you could take a selfie uh, with a 3D camera that's facing you, and the pins would come up and form your face. So you could feel your forehead, your nose, your lips, the cheeks. Um, and that's really what we're going for. And one of the things I saw lacking too, when I was looking at a lot of the assistive technology that's out there, is there wasn't a lot for, you know, 80% of my students are on some spectrum of blindness. It's not, you know, so to have this to be full color, you know, to be bright, bright color. So, um, you know, those with low vision right. can also touch and feel and, you know, see what they can see and, you know, have a full integrated multi-sensory experience. It's often overlooked, lack of, for lack of a better pun, um, but it, no, it really is. I mean, yeah. to, to give you the full experience, you know, and it also just bring makes your market bigger and also you know, perhaps helps bring the price down a little more as well. So I assume just like the other one, you'd be able to do both graphics and Braille. I know, I know you're still, this is much more of a long game, so you probably don't have as many concrete details. Actually, I have a pretty good vision of mm -hmm. what I want with this and I want it to be able they call it like the holy braille you know because right. they've been searching and trying to find something that will do this for many years but I want this to be able to provide a full page of braille and also be able to be a note taker so a keyboard a Perkins style keyboard could pop out of the bottom of the screen and you would just start typing away and you'll get four or five lines of Braille, or if the keyboard's gone, it could be like an e-reader, and also the art piece, of course. You know, it will come with a stylus that is electronically connected, so you'll be able to raise the pins to different heights as you draw and feel as you draw. So you could do different designs and basically sculpt on the device. Wow, that's that, that's quite impressive. Uh, what the potential of that? So uh, obviously, there's a, a few different uh, companies that are headed down this road. Dot is heading this direction. Orbit and maybe and many others as well. Bristle with the Canute. Uh, what do you see as the differentiator as far as the the Touchpad Pro versus other full page tablets that are? Mind you, none of them are out yet, but right. you know, others are working on them. Mm -hmm. Well. Again, the full color aspect is, sure. you know, one thing. The other thing is the drawing capability with a stylus. Uh, again, you know, from what I see, they're just drawing with a, their finger. In fact, it was so important that I put it, that's on the headline of the patent. It's with an electronically attached stylus. So, you know, because I, I just feel like that was like a starting point for it. Yep. And also, you know, because of different levels and everything that it will be able to do, we're also talking about maps and uh, GPS, perhaps walking along, perhaps a handheld version, perhaps putting these on kiosks and airports and subways. Sure. Malls. Yeah. Don't tell them too mm -hmm. much, Daniel. <laughs> okay, without giving too listen yeah. has to sign an NDA. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so let's just say, Jason, to that point, is that 
there are a broad scope of revolutionary integrated synergies that we have in mind for what our product will do compared to the others that are in development as well. And it will have a global impact and footprint like no other. And that's the secret sauce that I kind of want us to hold on to. But Daniel did mention just the tip of the iceberg with sure. some of the other applications that we have in mind for the device. Oh, cool. Well, we'll, we'll data bank that for later. I know I'm sure we'll come back uh, when that comes closer to release. Um, but uh, this year we're looking for the Doodle, which is very exciting as well. And uh, the video you mentioned, we'll put links up to that to the show notes over at blindbargains.com. So if anyone wants to go watch that video, just head there. And we will have that, of course, up in the uh, episode for this podcast. Let me have you guys also, uh, before we go, I'll give your uh, contact information if people want to give feedback, if they want to give some ideas, if they're uh, a rich investor and wants to talk to you, um, how can they get a hold of you guys? Yeah, right. <laughs> well, if you just go to Touchpad Pro of Technology, which is just the initials, tppat.com. So tppat.com. So there's a contact us right at the bottom of the page or something pops up. So you can also just add your email to the list. And uh, but please reach out and contact us and, and let us know. I, I love to hear feedback. I love to hear new ideas of what is possible, you know, what more people would like to see or experience in this because that's where this all came from okay this all came from my co-designers my students everything came from them like talking to them asking them what what do you want what do you what do you what would be the ideal of this you know so i have to give all credit where credit's due there well thank you so much actually you know this has been wonderful yeah thank you so much yes thank you jason we really do appreciate it and thank you so much for coming on look forward to talking to you more Exclusive audio coverage, visit blindbargains.com or download the Blind Bargains app for your iOS or Android device. Blind Bargains audio coverage is presented by the AT Guys online at atguys.com. This has been another Blind Bargains audio podcast. Visit blindbargains.com for the latest deals, news, and exclusive content. This podcast may not be retransmitted, sold, or reproduced without the express written permission of AT Guys. Copyright 2021.